0: Gentlemen, Killing the Business Worldwide is on the air. I am the sickest one of them all in the podcasting world, Sick Vic. Today, my guest is the king of the deathmatch circuit. Not too long ago, I started watching IWTV with this numerous promotions, and I saw one promotion called ICW which had our guests on at the time. He has an old-school mentality that would make legends like Abdul the Butcher and Mad Mad Pondo proud. He is the one and only Satu Jin. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I appreciate that uh, intro there. <laughs> I try. I mean, just the other day I had an international guest, which was the intro was perfect, but I screwed up the pronunciation of his, of his name. Uh, And it was just kind of like, I felt like it was incomplete. So, that was my comeback of a good intro. That was my comeback.
1: So, what got you into professional wrestling? Uh, I started wrestling
2: originally in uh, the backyard with guys like Shane Mercer and Aiden Blackheart. Uh, they had their own little backyard fed at the time that a bunch of us local kids just went and wrestled in their ring. Uh, and from there, uh, I kind of, I guess you can kind of say that's where like my love of professional wrestling kind of started. Cause I didn't really care for it much as a kid or like watching it on TV or anything like that. But getting out there and doing it is when I was like, all right, I could do this. And then uh, I found a professional wrestling school and went there. And from there, it just
1: kind of snowballed into what it is now.
0: <laughs> How old were you when you
1: started going to school and what school did you go to?
2: Uh, I started my first day of professional wrestling class at the age of 21. Um, the school I went to is no longer open anymore. They closed their doors, but I was trained by a man named Cashflow. Uh, uh, he was running, I don't even remember what the name of the school was. It was like House of Hardcore or something like that. Uh, it was ran in like Hillview, Kentucky. Uh, there was like, uh, maybe like 10 guys who trained there along with me. And I'm maybe one of two
1: that are still wrestling today. So we we know that your style in the ring is hardcore. It's a
0: brawler's like style. You I don't see you doing flippy shits like a Canadian Destroyer or
1: anything like that.
0: But um, was, was there a certain wrestler you idolized when you were putting together your style in the ring, like a Duel with a Butcher
1: or, or a Madman Pondo?
0: Uh
2: the styles I really looked up to were like Haku slash Ming. Mm-hmm. Uh he's one of my favorites. Um Adula the Butcher is another good one that I like looking to. Uh Bruiser Brody is another style I try to emulate just to put my own like flair onto it. Um, Umaga slash Jamal. Uh that was probably the best way to take a modern i guess a modern monster style and add it to
1: like a brawler style and that's what you get out of me <laughs> I mean right now when we see you on this show
0: you're you look very cool you look very chill but if people see you in the ring it's kind of trippy you know knowing your style I and mean, I've seen you do in the ring and you're just calm and cool right now I mean, what are some of matches
1: in your career that meant the most to you? Uh, matches that meant the most to me? Oh, uh,
2: I would have to say uh, me and uh, Casanova, Valentine.
1: I want to say it was the second or third time at ICW, 21. Uh I want to say it was ICW
2: and HB 21. I don't remember. I just know it was at Newark and that one meant a lot to me. Uh, me and Randy for the rust belt. When I lost the Ross Rust belt to her, uh, for RPW code orange in Chicago, that one's up there. And then, uh, me and Tremont. Uh, I just seen that pop up there. Uh, me and Tremont that meant a lot to get in there and go with someone like Tremont and to get the praise that I got after the match uh other than that I mean all of all my matches really mean something to me like they're all important in their own ways but those are like the ones that really
1: stand out like man I can look back on those and smile what's the hardest weapon you ever been hit with Uh, the hardest weapon I've ever been hit with was a shopping cart. Yeah, someone ran a shopping
2: cart into me and it, like, hit the side of my temple. And that probably was the hardest hit I've probably taken
1: yet. So what are, the, what are all the promotions that you're currently working for? Uh, I mean... I'm sort of
2: a free agent, so I don't really have like a regular basis promotions that I'm working for. But like, I have worked for and continue to have business relationships with ICW No Holds Barred, of course, uh, Horror Slam Wrestling, uh, Mid Death Pro, Flophouse Wrestling. Um, let see here. Uh, True Wrestling Underground in out of Michigan uh wrestle rave uh, i'm all over the place like i try to stay
1: moving and stay busy as much as possible what's gonna be your toughest opponents Ooh. hands down it would have to go and like this is in no particular order just as top five off the top of my head uh, cruel, John Wayne Murdoch, Schlack, Ruben Steele, and Randy West. You, we all know in professional wrestling there's certain you know signals behind the magic show.
0: For a death match, how do you like communicate with each other? Really, do you just say like, "Hey, I'm just gonna beat the shit out of you." Oh, no hard feelings or is there like a way you, t- you do you t- tell them you don't to tell us the exact way but you say like people hey, your tongue get to a turnbuckle
2: i mean to be fair it's uh, you put it the best way right there it's like it's no hard feelings out there bro like we can get a beer or smoke a blunt after this if you want uh but uh when we're out there it's 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 on
0: uh You'll get me, I'll get you. So what are all the titles that you've had collected in your career and which
1: one meant the most to you?
2: Uh, So far, I really haven't had too many titles in my career. Uh, I've had like one or two tag titles. Uh, I'm fairly certain at someone's federation, I'm a thumb wrestling champ, if that's a thing. Um, and then, uh, I had the Rust Belt Championship there for a little bit, and the Horror Slam Deathmatch Championship there. That's all I can think of that I've had so far. Yeah. So far, I guess out of the two, I would have to say the Rust Belt meant the most, because that was like my first
1: Deathmatch Championship. Big deathmatch competitor do you have a finisher per se if
0: so what is it why is your finisher of choice
2: I mean my finisher is pretty obvious if you've watched any of my matches it's the uranage like if I hit that it's over 95% of the time there's a small few who have actually managed to kick out of it more than once but yeah that's my go-to move
0: I mean, it's kind of hard to be someone like a fan watching a death match, or right? Especially in your matches, taking light bulbs and, like, headbutting the light bulb through the guy's head and everything. They're already going, like, holy shit, you know? It's kind of hard to pinpoint a finisher from time to time. Just if you beat the shit out of someone. I feel that.
1: So what is something that you wish, like, a normal fan would understand about your job? Uh, I guess that hopefully I would hope that no one out there
2: is doing this anymore for hot dogs and handshakes like let's let's get over that that's pretty played out like I don't feel like I need to justify my finances to people online or fans everyday fans or what I'm making doing what I do just know that it's the compensation is good with me, so I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think what I was getting compensated was worth what I'm doing, if that makes sense.
1: It makes sense. It's like you you pay the bills. That's all you need to know.
2: Yeah, I pay my bills with what I do, like the whole hot
1: dog in a handshake thing is pretty played out. Let's move on, guys. So, what advice would you give someone who's trying to break into deathmatch wrestling? Uh, do a lot, a lot, a lot of regular wrestling first.
2: I I got thrown into deathmatches early into my career, but I didn't do them very often until here recently. So, like, early probably my second year i did a death match once or twice a year and then the rest of that was all just traveling around doing normal exhibitions like normal regular matches no hardcore no nothing and that's how i got at least as decent at death match wrestling
1: as i did as i am now i guess if that makes sense Why do you think people purchase a ticket to see you dis- dis- dismantling people with barbed wire and weapons? Ah, uh, I personally think it's because
2: like uh, if you're asking if it's why they pay to see me personally, ah, uh, it's because I'm a showman. Like I'm gonna give people exactly what they want to see majority of the time I'm going to listen to them and do the things that most wrestlers aren't willing to do or won't even think to do because they're doing their own whatever they want to do uh yeah i think people enjoy deathmatch wrestling because there's just there's an excitement to it there's something about once once the like, you cannot deny that when someone's getting hit with a light tube, that it doesn't hurt. Like, you can't deny that when someone's rolling around in glass and tacks and salt, they're not in pain. And I think that's the part of like deathmatch wrestling that people cling to is like, these guys are really going for it.
1: What's worse, thumbtacks or Legos? Uh, Legos, yeah. Legos, I prefer thumbtacks over Legos. Yeah, I, that's
0: what I hear. I hear thumbtacks when you're in the ring, you know, the adrenaline pumping. But Legos, especially middle of the night, when your kid leaves them on the ground and he step on them, that's the worst. Much more painful. I have been blessed with kids that don't
2: like Legos, so I'm good.
0: <laughs> good. So, of course, the, the, the promotions you wrestle for are more dangerous now like at WWE and AEW and you'll probably get more injuries. What are some of the injuries that you have sustained in the ring? Uh,
2: I wouldn't say anywhere I work for is more dangerous than any other promotion. I don't, I don't a hundred percent agree with saying that like death match wrestling is more dangerous than professional wrestling in general, because there's, aspects of all wrestling that's dangerous like it's the minute you step in the ring you're in danger pretty much the minute you step out the curtain you're in danger let's be honest uh but the risk factor is a little bit more turned up i guess which i guess would say yeah it's a little bit more
1: dangerous in my ah what what i'm trying to get at is like across the board wrestling in general is dangerous there's no one company that I think is more, more dangerous than another, um, injuries. Uh, I have had uh, a meniscus tear
2: in my left leg and a fractured ankle in the same leg, uh, both like 10 years apart from each other. Uh, Other than that, maybe a few concussions here and there that I can, like, 100% be like, all right, I'm pretty sure that was a concussion. Uh,
1: Yeah, other than that, I think I'm pretty good. Scars, a lot of scars. What's the most amount of stitches you have received in one area? Uh...
2: Well, the only time I've gotten stitches because of something was before I even was a professional wrestler. It was in the backyard uh, wrestling around with friends. I had a friend hit me in the head with a chair, and it split me open, and I had to go get, like, 25 stitches across my head.
1: What do you use to close up the wounds after, like, a death match? Just school? Uh, Usually I'll either use,
2: like, Uh, I'll clean out the wound and use like liquid skin or I'll just
1: let them heal on their own. It all depends on how deep it is and what we're dealing with, where it's at also. If professional wrestling never existed, what would you be doing? Uh, Some form of entertainment. Probably like stand up comedy or like improv comedy or something like that. At the end of the day, if we sit back and you could describe your professional wrestling career using one word, what word would that be and why? One word. Uh... I guess the word that describes me as a person in general, uncivil, like,
2: I have lived one of the craziest lives I could imagine, or I couldn't imagine, honestly, because of wrestling, like, I've been all over the country, Uh, I'm looking to get out of the country, and travel to other countries and wrestle just off my craft alone, and that, to me, just is mind-boggling, because, like, Growing up, I never would have imagined this would be my life. I was going to go to school, get a job, get a house, have family, period. <laughs> and the next thing I know, this is it. Um, the people I've met, the connections I've made, uh, the trouble I've gotten into, the trouble I've gotten out of, just all of it. It's
1: been a pretty uncivil life. Is there something about the sport that you wish would stop? Uh, I guess uh, all the I don't know. Like, I'm not really concerned with anything that I think
2: should stop in wrestling. I feel like everything has its kind of necessities. Uh, maybe like the clubs or the cliques mentalities, I guess, of like, if you want to roll with us, you've got to basically be down for us. Uh, I don't really pledge allegiances to anyone. So that kind of leaves me out here in no man's land. Uh, shout out to no man Land wrestling uh so yeah that's basically all it is just the uh the clubs the the cliques the you gotta be you gotta roll with us and roll with no one else type mentality
1: like kind of like society today if you don't believe what people believe, think you're not cool yeah if you don't roll with the
2: tribe you're not you're an enemy And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Okay, that sucks.
1: Fuck you. You Yeah. Sucks for you. I mean, I'd hate to have him. him. (laughs) So where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, Five
2: years. uh, Still wrestling. Uh, Hopefully, I've gone somewhere overseas, whether it be the UK, Japan, Australia. Hell, I'll take Mexico or Canada at this point. Like, I'm trying to get out of the country. I've seen most of it here. And then, like, of course, I'd like to knock off whatever few states I have left that I haven't wrestled in. But most of them don't really have too much wrestling in them. Uh, I hear Alaska is a really great place to go to wrestle. Uh, I'd like to try that one time. Uh, Wrestling in Hawaii would be dope, too. Um, Yeah. Five years from now, I just want to be uh, an international, like I want to put international wrestling, international deathmatch
1: wrestler on my resume. So what events do you have coming up that you like to promote right now? Uh, right now, we've
2: got... Uh, da, 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 da. Tomorrow, what's today? It's Friday. Uh, tomorrow night, we've got uh, wrestling for True Wrestling Underground against Nathan Maori, the Killbilly. Uh, that'll be in the Detroit, Michigan area. Uh, and then next week, we have Flophouses, No Fucks Given. It's going to be me, Apollo Star, and Matt Tremont for the Flophouse title. Uh, and then the following day, uh, Danny hit me up. For ICW, so we'll see what he's got planned for me there. I haven't been announced yet, but he
1: asked if I was available. That was my next question. When are you going to be back on ICW? So I guess Um, something's in the works right now. Yeah, something's in the works right now. We'll see. So where can people find you on social media?
2: Uh, I am fairly easy to find on social media. If you Google my name. Satu Jin, S-A-T-U-J-I-N-N. You'll find me just about anywhere because I'm the only one by that name on any platform.
0: Well, Satu, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I wish you luck in the deathmatch circuit and hopefully get out of the country sooner than later. And just be safe out there, man. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a good time. Thank you very much. For coming on.
1: Thank you for everyone who was in. Thank you for everyone who watched this is killing the business worldwide and we are all out.